Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just try to overcompensate and overdo and overextend ourselves and don't say the word no. No is a complete sentence. Too often we say yes when we really mean to or should say no. I'm Allie Wolf, an Emmy-winning journalist and mom. I love interviewing women and experts who inspire us to create fulfilling lives and careers while embracing the messy and beautiful reality of being a mom. This is the Mom's Calling Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Mom's Calling. This week is a really powerful episode, one that will leave you feeling inspired, moved, and motivated. I know I was after doing this interview. Now, we've all had those big life changes, moments, or events in our lives that throw us into a completely new direction. Maybe they pave a new path or cause us to rethink our reality, our choices, or our priorities. Moms, maybe it's the moment you got pregnant or saw your baby for the first time. Or maybe, like my guest, you had a dramatic life event that catapulted you into a new direction. Unfortunately, terrible things can happen in life, things that are out of our control. But what we can control is our response, how we pick ourselves up and move on after tough things happen. How can we use those hardships to make us stronger? It's not easy. And that's where my guest comes in. Dr. Susan Hughes is a speaker, coach, and best-selling author. She practiced medicine for over 20 years. During that time, she delivered more than 3,000 babies. But she was living a crazy, busy, and exhausting life. She was searching for a way to spend more time with her family. And in her words, the universe answered. She was in a terrible car accident that left her with a traumatic brain injury. She had a huge recovery, which included relearning, how to read. In this episode, Susan shares her incredible story from the beginning, from her years as a doctor and delivering babies, to what she's learned in her recovery. Susan explains how to create boundaries, how to protect your energy as a mom, and how to pick yourself up and start over. Susan is all about not just bouncing back, but bouncing highest. She also taught me my favorite new mantra, no is a complete sentence. Dr. Susan Hughes, welcome to Mom's Calling. I'm so excited to be speaking with you today. Welcome. Thank you. I appreciate being here. Well, your business is called Bounce Highest, and I think that's just such a fun and great name. So what does it mean to bounce highest? Let's start there. We've all heard the phrase bounce back from adversity. And I had been teaching on what I call and is known as post-traumatic growth for a long time. And that was bouncing higher, you know, using that energy from what you'd been through to bounce even higher. And I was speaking from the stage in Los Angeles and it hit me. It wasn't about bouncing back. It wasn't about bouncing higher. It was truly about bouncing highest and really just channeling everything that you've been through and all the experiences that shape you to become the best version of yourself. That's awesome. So obviously you have a company now and you do coaching, but you didn't start like that. I mentioned your name. You are a doctor, a medical doctor. So take us back to where you were when you were a doctor and how your career pivoted and transitioned and evolved to where you are now. Sounds good. You know, some of us know from being really little what we want to be when we grow up. For me, I always wanted to be a physician. I knew that at, you know, age five. And I also wanted to be a mom. I practiced uh, medicine in the Pacific Northwest for 20 plus years. I started off and uh, 
and did part of the OBGYN residency in the Midwest and then realized I didn't ever want to do another hysterectomy as long as I lived. So I switched to family practice, but continued delivering babies. I lost track somewhere between three and 4,000 babies, but was wild busy delivering babies, um, had my own baby, which is you know something we'll talk about. And then um, was trying to figure out how to balance it all. I really was. Had two kids at that time, amazing hubby. He had been diagnosed with cancer. I had too many businesses, needed to consolidate, trying to figure out, okay, how do I get to spend more time with my family? And it was just lots and lots of stress going on. And the universe answered in a way I did not expect when I was in a wicked car accident. And when we got hit and the vehicle spun, my head took the window and I had to start over. I could read. I could read about 10 minutes at a time because my eyes were not tracking the way they needed to. I had to go through about three years of physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy, and vision therapy. Just had to put everything. Obviously, I couldn't practice medicine. My husband had just finished cancer treatment and just needed to keep moving forward. And I poured myself into professional development. It was all videos because I couldn't read more than 10 minutes at a time. Started coaching others, helping them face their adversity, helping them learn a lot of the lessons that my husband and I had learned and went from not being able to read more than 10 minutes at a time to becoming an international bestselling author. So huge, huge message is don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on your dreams and just keep moving forward. Wow. That is a lot to experience. And what was your injury in the car accident? My head hit the window. I had facial injuries. I had neck injuries, dislocated shoulder. But the big one was the traumatic brain injury. Um, Had to relearn a lot of things. Math was gone in an instant. I used to have this incredible gift. It was called a nearly photographic memory. And that went away. Fortunately, I've been able to get some of that back, but the ability to recognize people. So imagine having a huge, huge medical practice and not being able to recognize patients. If you run into them, you know, at Target or Costco or different places and, you know, just a lot of different injuries. And because people don't recognize that people can have what's called a hidden injury with a broken hand. You get a wrist, you get, you know, you get scars from surgery if they have to, you know, do surgery on it, but you have a cast, you have a sling. When you have a traumatic brain injury, people don't see that. They think you're just fine. And there's a lot of hidden injuries out there. And when you have this type of injury, it is an ongoing recovery. And that's part of the story is, you know, I describe myself as being an unapologetic traumatic brain injury survivor. It is an ongoing, it is going to be an ongoing thing. I will never necessarily be the same person or have the same abilities, the same photographic memory, but it still can be amazing. It can still be amazing. But that's part of what I teach on is that hope. People that have had something just totally mess with their mojo, something that totally shatter who they saw themselves. We're all moms on here, but a lot of us have other hats that we wear, whether it be a teacher, whether it be a physician, whether it be uh, someone in TV. I mean, there's a whole bunch of different hats that we wear. But when something happens and just totally makes you pause and stop and say, okay, now what? Before the accident changed her life in 2013, Susan was juggling a lot. On top of her private practice, she also had a medical spa and nonprofit, but she was actively trying to shift the balance in her life so she could spend more time with her family. I was working on trying to 
shift things so that I wasn't having to be on the computer late at night doing charts, that I wouldn't have to, you know, spend all this time taking care of my patients and not having that balance of being able to take care of my own family, having that time for relationships, having that time to be a wife, having that time to just be me. So things didn't feel like they were in the balance that I needed them to be, but I was working really hard at trying to make it so. The car accident just put everything into hyperdrive, no pun intended, and I didn't have a choice. A lot of us have big events in our life, not necessarily a car accident that is traumatic and a severe injury, but you know, I think motherhood or a career change can be a turning point. How do you navigate those turning points and pull yourself up when I think it's really easy to feel stuck? How do you pull through and create that new path? Because I think it can be really hard to find the momentum or find the direction. I think there's a number of ways to look at it. As I said, I delivered over 3,000 babies. There was no manual for the baby. You know, you've got to figure it out along the way. The baby will teach you with that. The other was managing boundaries. So anyone who's gone through any sort of experience, especially as women, we have different, different perspectives, but making sure that we figure out who we are, who we are not, and setting boundaries. Uh, especially those of us who are professional women, we just try to overcompensate and overdo and overextend ourselves and don't say the word no. So when I was practicing medicine, the best tool I had was working with a prescription pad. And so I would for my new moms or people going through changes or things like that. And I put this on a prescription pad and I would tell them to laminate it. And this is what I would give them the word no. And I tell them, look, no is a complete sentence. There's all these people in the Pacific Northwest who had my prescription pad, they had it laminated and they had it in their billfold. They could pull it up. Huh, I got it from my doctor. I have to say no. And too often we say yes when we really mean to or should say no. So part of that is setting the boundaries. The other thing um, when you're going through that is, and I teach on this, it's the concept of precious energy. I call it the bank of Susan. We can call it the bank of LA for you. We can do it you know, however we want it. But every day we get up and we have a different currency that's put into our bank. So some days I get up and look, I've got 10 units of Susan in the bank of Susan. Some days I may have two, some days I may have a hundred and that's where I get every day. And so, especially for those of you out there who are new moms, figuring out what your precious energy is because you only get that for the day. You don't get to stock up. These are not rollover, you know, precious energy units. You don't get to do that. You got to be able to take care of you first. You've got to be able to have time with your significant other, obviously with your kids. Everybody on here knows that when you have a kid, oh my word, everything changes, but it's important to make sure that you have that self-care but it's okay to say no. No, I think that is a great message. I think saying no and giving yourself the time to find yourself again and to kind of get your footing in motherhood as an early parent. But then I think it can be very hard to find that new balance and to restart. So it's like adjusting and then restarting. How do you recommend or how do you coach people in finding that new direction if they want a new direction? Because I also think becoming a new parent is a great opportunity to start a new business or start a new job or a new idea because it's a, it's a new beginning, literally. It's a new life. I teach people to one, they don't have to do it by themselves. 
Any new mom is going to tell you that they're sleep deprived, that they're beyond exhausted, that they feel like the different standards that they had for themselves or for their home or whatever are not necessarily there. So it's okay to ask for help. The other thing is when you're trying to start a new business is figure out what you're passionate about. Don't look at something just to pay the bills. Figure out what you're passionate about and how can you monetize that. The other is I call it a board of directors. For me, after the accident, you know, I called up my friends and, you know, one was an attorney, one was a banker. Uh, my best friend was a trauma therapist. Figure out who you want for your board of directors and just sit down with them, you know, buy a pizza, whatever, and just say, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm looking at doing. What should I be looking at? Who do you know that I should know? So yeah. those are some different things when people are looking at starting a business or trying to figure out how to pivot grabbing onto someone who coaches on this, grabbing on someone who's a mentor and figuring out your own personal board of directors. Yeah. Looking and leaning to the people in your life. You may have people who can help you and you just don't realize it. Going back to your pivot and your transition. So how did you get into coaching and writing and what did that evolution look like for you? I had started, you know, coaching with small businesses, you know, with teammates, and then um, started coaching with startups. Shortly after the car accident, I went out and got my John Maxwell certification, the Robbins Mundane certification. I guess part of it, you know, when I was practicing medicine, I was coaching people all the time. It was a different type of coaching. You give them, you know, the directions and saying, okay, this is what you should be doing. Coaching is helping people come to that understanding and having them have that aha moment on their own. It's more from an educational or teacher aspect. So it's a lot of fun. I guess part of me has been doing it for, you know, ever, but now going back and getting the formal certification gives me a different perspective. So it's, it's been an evolution. It's been an evolution. That's really cool. Did you always feel, I mean, clearly you felt a bit entrepreneurial as a doctor as well. Did you think this was always in your path? Do you think you would have always been, been a doctor or running your medical spa had this not happened? That's a great question. Entrepreneurship, it's really, oh my word, it's so important. You know, it's so important to be able to control your own destiny. And so I started the practice from scratch, built it from ground up, came up with the name, hired the people, you know, let people go, brought in different equipment. With the medical spa, the same thing, you know, had grown multiple businesses over multiple times. So starting a coaching business and then uh, getting a book published, I guess it was just part of that natural evolution, but it's different. Doing things now digitally, doing things virtually is very different than it was, you know, sitting in an exam room one-on-one or when I was delivering babies two-on-one. So uh, would I be where I'm at right now? I don't know. I don't know. You know, would I still be practicing medicine right now? I, I love seeing my patients. I really did. But the insurance tug of war with physicians. I'm not sure that I would have wanted to continue that. Yeah, that's a tough part of it. There's a lot of people who, especially in this day and age, online businesses are big. You can do a lot from online on your own time. Being an entrepreneur is very sexy kind of career path, but it's hard. So how do you recommend people go about finding people to work with? I mean, how do you find the opportunities? You've been able to speak and write and coach. How do you recommend people get started if they're just getting their feet wet and wanting to get clients and customers? That's a great question. I think part of it is looking at the different roles that you have. When I was a physician, I was known as a physician. Then I moved to the Southwest and did a lot more advocacy. So I was known as the advocate. 
helping retrain people to say, hey, I do coaching, I speak. It's a totally different thing. And sometimes you have to get in front of a different audience because your friends and family will not necessarily take the advice from you as a coach or as an entrepreneur. So that's when you have to really go out and look through, you know, friends of friends or the other social networks, which would be online. You know, the big thing with being an entrepreneur is I tell people I'm married to Robert. That's my husband. I'm not married to the result that I get when I start talking to someone about, you know, becoming a client. You're dedicated to the process. And if you focus on the process, then it kind of takes that, oh, they didn't buy it from me, or they didn't do this, or they didn't sign me up, or it, it takes that stress out of it. So if you just focus on what you can control and give the information and recognize when you're talking to someone, it can take, you know, five to 12 or even 20 exposures before they're in a position to hear what you're trying to share. Why don't traditional diets work? Because you can't fight your biology with willpower. But Calibrate is different. It's a comprehensive doctor-guided metabolic reset that promotes sustainable results through lifestyle changes. Calibrate works because they combine prescribed, FDA-approved medication with lifestyle changes to improve metabolic health. It's a fully integrated program that includes classes, one-on-one video coaching, in-app tracking, and community with members like you. They provide a comprehensive wellness plan personalized to your needs so it's easy to fit Calibrate into your busy schedule. Check in with the app as often or as little as you like. All of the goals you set are personalized and tracked by doctors and coaches. Your weight doesn't reflect your willpower. Get back in control with Calibrate. Get $50 off the one-year metabolic reset when you use the promo code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. That's $50 off when you use code BELIEVE at joincalibrate.com. I do want to ask you, though, because you have your medical experience and you talked about delivering all these babies, what do you think is one thing or a couple of things that most people don't realize about childbirth? I think it's just such a fascinating thing. From your perspective, what do you think is the most surprising thing about a baby's birth? And, you know, what do you want other moms to know from the doctor side of it? I think part of it is recognizing that it is a very fluid situation and that we've got to respond to what the baby's doing. And a lot of times, myself included, you have this vision of what you want your delivery to be. Things happen. You know, my little guy came prematurely. I had an emergency C-section because he wasn't doing well. So trying to recognize when you're pregnant, when you're going to give birth, we want a healthy mom. And we want a healthy baby. Everything else that might go along with what you wanted as far as a birth plan, keep the eyes on the big picture. Having that understanding that you just, you want a healthy mom and a healthy baby. And it's messy. The other thing is people don't understand how messy birth is. Also, when you've got your partner in there, not a bad idea to have the partner sit down. Um, There's been many situations where I had to step over a partner to uh, deliver a baby, but it's an incredible experience. And I'm so grateful that I got to be able to share it over 3000 times with some incredible women. It's amazing. I mean, it is such a beautiful thing. I can't imagine how it feels to to actually be the one bringing the baby out. So I think that what you said, though, was so great in being able to just say, we just want the baby to come out healthy, because I think a lot of moms have their mindset on, I'm not getting an epidural, or I am getting an epidural, or I'm going to push this way, or I don't know anybody whose birth went to plan. So I think that is a great tip of just 
go with it and be healthy and have a healthy baby. So, and I think it's a great lesson for life of just, we plan and things don't go as planned. So I'm wondering how much of the lessons from your career in medicine do you bring with you to what you're doing now and just to life in general, if there's any good lessons there? Oh my word, there's always good lessons when just taking it on with motherhood. You know, I always wanted two kids, you know, always wanted two kids. And after having a premature child with lots of complications, it was four years and two weeks after the birth of my son that we got to hold our daughter for the first time. And that was through adoption. So helping women understand that there are different ways to be able to be a mom. So that's part of it. There's just so many lessons. I mean, it's just those experiences that I take as a physician and going forward, recognizing that things don't always happen the way we planned. It's just part of my DNA. now. The other thing is because of everything that I've been through, it takes a lot to really kind of unnerve me. Uh, when my kids get hurt, it's like, okay, you know, all right, we'll just take care of it, you know, but everybody goes through different experiences. And we take those experiences and we go, okay, does this fit with what I'm going through now? Or does it not fit? And that's part of the challenge in being an adult is having that, that intention to always learn, keep learning, but also unlearning, figure out what no longer fits with where you're at. Yeah. I think we make things very complicated. I know I do this. Sometimes I just overthink things when really just simplifying. So with that, I'm wondering with your coaching experience, what do you think moms struggle with the most? I know you mentioned taking on too much, but what are some of the things that you find moms struggle with, especially in the earlier years? I think in the earlier year, too often the focus is just completely on the child. And, and yeah, they can't take care of themselves. You got to focus on the kid. I mean, they need to be, you know, fed, change, go to bed, all that sort of stuff. But there was somebody most of the time that was there with you when that baby was born. So making sure that you have that dedicated time for your spouse, your significant other, your, your co-parent, and really focusing on that relationship as well. And too often, especially as moms, we focus on everybody else's needs and not our own. So it's really important. Um, what I love to do is um, use my phone, use my calendar, block out times, block out date nights, you know, have it as a non-negotiable. And then also block out time for yourself because you really need to be able to take care of yourself when you're very sleep deprived, when you're exhausted and you're trying to figure out, okay, I've got two kids and they've got two different games in two different towns. How do I figure this out? Yeah. I remember growing up looking to my mom and saying, you're always looking at, out for everybody else. When do you take care of yourself? And cause you know, I was a kid and then as a teenager and young adult, you're thinking about yourself. And then as a mom, I get it. You know, it's so easy to just care for everybody else and forget about you. So I love that. I think it's a constant thing to work on for us moms. Now I want to just know about your book. I mean, you have a best-selling book. Tell us a little bit about what your book is about and the process of, you know, developing and writing it. Well, I've got one book that's published and I've got other books that I'm working on. And when I started working with the publisher, great lesson for life. She said, Susan, you've got more than one story in you. And it's like, oh, that's right. So I was trying to push everything into one. And this one actually came together pretty quickly. And it's called The the gift of the universe through women that lead. We had actually a number of courageous women each write part of the book. And it was so much fun. We got to launch it together on International Day of the Women. And it hit number one in, I think, 59 categories in the US, Canada, and Australia. Wow. And it was so successful that we got Mark Victor Hansen, who co wrote the Chicken Little Soup series. 
to endorse it. My chapter is really in part about my journey in being a traumatic brain survivor and going from being a physician to being a healer and having that identity change. And it was published in March of this year. So I'd already gone through a lot of the the initial major recovery things. Um, But it's really that story of hope from having to learn how to read again to becoming an international best-selling author. It's about hope. It's about hope. And it was a very fun, wild, quick, much quicker than I expected process because I've been working on these other books. And my friends who's the publisher said, Susan, we're putting together a book. We've got a number of incredible women. We're each doing part of the book. I want you to do your part of the book. I said, okay, great. When? Um, now? Okay. Okay. What do you mean now? Like this week? But because I'd already been writing and was able to take some of the parts of other chapters, other books that had been working on with the publisher and just kind of condense it down into one, but really to give people hope you know, to help people understand that, hey, it may be really hard right now, but it doesn't mean that it will always be this hard. It may not necessarily be the same, but it still could be amazing. That's an incredible message. We didn't really talk about the hard part for you. And I imagine, I'm just imagining that it was very hard for you to go from being a doctor to essentially being the patient and not knowing about your recovery. So what do you think pulled you through? Was there something that you mentally said to yourself to be mentally tough? Because I know you had a physical recovery, but I'm sure you had to believe that you'd get better too. I had a secret. The secret is as a physician, I knew that the brain could heal. I knew about neuroplasticity and I actually have a course on it. I'll be honest with you, it was not good. It was not fun. It was not something I would recommend ever doing again. But I also knew that my brain could heal. I knew it would never necessarily be the same, but I knew that I could keep healing. And that's the gift of neuroplasticity. So you didn't just have hope, but you believed, you knew that your brain was going to get better and that you would get better. So I think that's that's a really powerful thought too. Um, I want to know some of the best and worst advice. This is something I love to ask <laughs> my guests. And this can be about motherhood or life in general, because there's great advice out there, but there's also some really not so good advice. So best advice, recognize and just guard your precious energy and pay attention to that. The other is pick your battles. I've got two teenagers. Okay. Sometimes they do things. It's like, Oh my word, did you really do that? And sometimes you're like, okay, yeah, I've got to draw the line in the sand here. And other times you're like, that's not a battle I want to fight right now. So before you respond, first check in with yourself, how much of your response is because of your own bias versus, you know, what's actually going on. Are you hungry? Are you tired? Are you, you know, thirsty? You know, looking at things that might have your response be over the top compared to what the situation is. Some of the worst advice I got was, you can have it all. Oh, I hate that one too. Yeah. Oh my gosh, isn't that terrible? I, you can have it all. You can be, you know, you can work full time as a physician. You can keep delivering babies. You can work, you know, hundred hour weeks. You, you can take care of a newborn. You can do all these different things. It's like, um. No, you can't necessarily have everything at 100% of all. There's got to be some give in there. You've got to be able to figure out, okay, setting boundaries. The reason why I was able to keep working because I had all the businesses and, you know, we had a premature son that had a lot of issues is because my husband, who is an engineer, was able to walk away from his career and stay home with this child that had special needs and had a lot of challenges when he was born. So you've got to be able to realize that maybe someone else might be able to do some of the things that you wanted to do. Maybe you can hire somebody to do some of the things that you don't necessarily want to do. Delegation is okay. 
recognizing that the laundry will not always be done, that the dishes may or may not always be done. Awesome. Now for a question from my previous guest. If they'd always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to be a physician and I always wanted to be a mom. I was one of those neighborhood kids who started babysitting the other kids at age 10 and just always envisioned myself as being a mom. And I'm really grateful I've got two awesome kids. That's awesome. Tell everybody where they can find your book, your services, your website. Give us your uh, your spiel. <laughs> Everything is through my website, which is www.bouncehighest.com. I'm also on Instagram, Bounce Highest. I also have Facebook groups with Bounce Highest. But the best thing really is to find me through the a website, Bounce Highest. I've got my different courses there. I've got a free gift to everybody who's listening. Again, it's got to be brain-based because that's, that's what I teach on. And it's really a brain-based tool that I use to be more efficient. I've got different courses in there. One of my favorite courses, which is something that can be done in a couple hours, which is how to go from overwhelmed to opportunity. My big course is the Bounce House Blueprint. It's for those of us who have had careers, who've had other identities other than motherhood and have something just totally messed with it, where we have to say, okay, let's take a step back and figure out the next step. So everything's on my website, including the book. I've got uh, personalized copies that I sign and ship out to people. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for sharing your lessons and your story. I really got a lot out of it and I think others will too. Thank you so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions, I want to hear from you. Send me an email to momscallingpod at gmail.com. If you like the show, be sure to rate and review this podcast. See you next week for another episode of Mom's Calling on the Believe Network. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.